This week on the Pushable Lace Podcast, we sit down with Martin McDonald, the founder of MNU, Mac Nutrition University. Two, one, let's go, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dami, and me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Daniel? A lot, man. Good. I'm good. Hope you um, managed to sort out your issue the other day on the toilet. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, anybody's in the group can follow that on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're coming, <laughs> we're coming at you a little bit later this week. Apologies, but the podcast is free. It's all free, great content, right? So. Um, Without further ado, we probably need to introduce our guest because we did we did kind of uh, tease it before. And if, if you're in the Pushball Legs community group, you probably already know who's coming on. Um, so Dan, do you want to introduce um, who's probably more of your friend than and mentor, I guess, uh, than mine? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if mine would say, would let me class him as a friend or not. I but don't know. Uh, <laughs> definitely, men- definitely mentor. Yeah. Um, so we have with us Martin McDonald. Hi Dan, you can. I think we can class ourselves as friends. Like, <laughs> I, I basically live online, so if you're my Facebook friend, you're basically my real friend. So yeah, that's pretty much how our how our worlds work. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're an online coach, that's like all it seems to be. I think yeah. I I think I have more interaction online with Tom certainly than I ever did when I was working with him face to face. So. Mm. Well, yeah, but far less, far less cinnamon buns, so that's the only bad. That's, 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 that's the drawback. Okay. <laughs> so, Martin, where have you been the last couple of days? You've been abroad, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, I went over to New York, which was uh, very fun. And, um, yeah, I was just speaking out there. It was the first time I have spoken over in America. And um, it's, it's the second time I'd visited, but the first time it was for the um, World Championships actually in Houston for weightlifting and pretty much just got ferried from the airport to the hotel and didn't leave. And basically, don't even, I didn't even really know I was in America. Um, but this time it was, yeah, it was really cool. Nice to kind of actually be speaking. And um, yeah, hopefully one of of many more in the future just because i think i've said quite a few times online recently not only do i want to do a kind of uk nutrition tour for for all those people who don't really want to leave like they're within 50 miles of their house to go and see a speaker and it's so like you've got to do it in their venue and also for people who are like who's this chump but actually if he's in my city then i'll pay a little bit of money to go and see him and i just thought every other you know, Gimp in the industry has like done a UK tour giving out misinformation. So I thought, here's a novel idea. Give them correct information and do a UK tour. Mm. So I was like, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so, so I want to do some speaking abroad as well after that. But yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, there's there's plenty of idiots out there who go around uh, releasing their tour dates because usually, from my experience of what I know, they run out of money. So they do a seminar oh, tour, spread more misinformation and just repeat the old information that oh, they've wow. done at previous ones that are wrong but um that's just my personal experience <laughs> that's, that's interesting you say that because like i've been i've been mulling it over loads and and um thinking of kind of getting people in different cities or and different countries to kind of team up with me to kind of co-host mm. it and those kind of things and and for me it's like it's very much not a money-making exercise it's you know it for me it's almost like 
a paid ho- a paid holiday or a free holiday and i absolutely love speaking so um it's funny that other people are going out and doing it to make money whereas i'm like as long as it's cost neutral happy days like, but yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah we've we've done the same before I, i've spoke with steve before and we looked at numbers and we were just like we just we just need to just a little bit just to cover the cost of the travel i was like all i want to do is go and see these people go visit these gyms and uh, yeah. yeah it's uh we all know who we're talking about, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, are there any plans to, to speak anywhere else in, in the world, or are you focusing on the UK in the next year or so? Well, my hope is, I suppose, maybe back end of 2017, 2018, focus on the UK. And I'm sort of giving it a year, but I, I, you can probably do it in a month. I don't know. I haven't looked at logistics yet. Um, but, yeah, then the goal is to do... Because I suppose with MNU being in like 30-plus countries now, it's like anywhere that has a strong nutrition speaking contingent it would just be amazing to like loads of people in dubai have said like yeah we'll definitely get you over host you here and this that and the other and um i was on a podcast recently an australian podcast and they were like yeah you definitely need to come over here and that would be cool i'd love to go there um and then it's just like canada america new zealand and then i mean someone asking about european cities it's like well if someone can host it and they, there's enough people speaking English, like I, I did a little conference in Malta once. Yeah. Oh man, like the the only reason I'm a half decent speaker is because of, of like putting in humour and like when people don't understand you, it's like I was dead, dead in the water. It was <laughs> horrible. Four hours of like cracking jokes and just blank faces. It was like I hate this, but um, yeah. So as long as people get dry, sort of sarcastic humour. Happy days, I'll go. Yeah. How how did I'd say the... it's not even that, it's your humour as well. That yeah. is very dry. It's <laughs> not even like it's just normal no. jokes. How, did, how yeah. did the uh dry, sarcastic humour go down in the States? Oh yeah, amazing. Like it absolutely brilliant. Like almost, almost it was like they enjoyed it more than the UK. And I I don't know if it was just because it was a kind of similar I don't know, just the room of people, maybe uh, they kind of got on board with it. Because I do, at the initial start of lots of my talks, I have had people say, like, I had no idea you were joking. I thought you were just, because I don't kind of, a lot of the time, I just don't crack a smile. I just say, like, oh, yeah, you know, you should, like, take as many BCAAs as you can afford, as long as much as your budget will allow, just as many as you can. And then I'll just carry on talking. So there's, like, people <laughs> sniggering and other people going, wait, wait, is that true? What? I don't get it. And they're just, like, not following that it's just this... I don't know, a bit of a parody. But yeah, the, everyone in America seemed to love it. So that was really nice. Um, so yeah, that no, was good. Strong man. So I guess we've we've got a load of kind of questions that we obviously talked about pre podcast. So should we should we delve into some of the some of the, the credible ones and some of the uncredible ones? You know who you are who who are listening. Basically. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> by, the, by the way, that that thread in that group got more interaction and comments than anything we've ever posted before. And, and 90 percent of the comments were just trolling, just yeah. absolute idiots. All of them. <laughs> you had to edit the post and say, no, seriously. Like, if you have an actual question, please post. <laughs> yeah, because they'd have just carried on. Like, you know what they're like. Yeah, just, yeah, pretty much. Maybe. There would have been about 100 comments of just literally just trolling and just seeing what, yeah. kind of snooping around what Martin comments all the way through. So <laughs> let's go serious questions-ish. Okay, so I um, guess, yeah, you want to go? Go, Dan. You, you yeah, go. before we get into that, I want to go into the just a, a brief chat and a bit of a maybe a rant because before we get into the serious questions, um, all right. I want to talk about the current state of the fitness industry that we all work in in different areas i guess 
teaching, coaching, nutrition and coaching trainers and things like that. And mine, I just want to get your view on the current trend of people jumping on the evidence-based practice bandwagon and the whole, like, so for a lot of our listeners, for example, who are trainers or are coaches and are new um, in the industry and trying to upskill and educate themselves, they listen to us and they, they, they hear us refer to evidence-based practice or they hear us refer to science and studies and all that sort of stuff. And we try and make it as accessible for them as possible. But how do they decipher someone who is actually evidence-based from someone who says they are but really aren't geez yeah that is a um that is a million dollar question because i know uh, i think it's unbelievable now that it's gone from maybe 18 months two years ago to going you call yourself evidence-based and the kind of people you're alluding to would separate themselves from you. They'd say, oh, yeah, those science heads, you know, talking about all their science. Well, I've got the client results. I've got, you know, all these years of experience. And then now they're like, yeah, I'm evidence-based. You know, I'm a man of science. And just completely, because they know that it's become a bit of a buzzword, they know that maybe some of the, at least trainers, I think, are getting so if they're educators they're like getting on the whole thing of well trainers now know that evidence-based is something a bit different to what we've been taught in the past so but even then they're sort of calling themselves it to work with the general population because the general population are a bit sick of just misinformation and and lies and you know they know that they've been ripped off in the past by various fads and whatever so yeah evidence-based has become this buzzword and then probably yeah in the last six months suddenly it's no longer unique like we are no longer unique by calling ourselves it because every man and his dog is like i'm evidence-based you shouldn't have gluten it's really really bad for everybody <laughs> hold on what and it's just like it's become a, a mer- it, it used to separate you it's like oh yeah i actually like to read science and then now it's just a i, I throw in a reference at the end it doesn't matter what it's about um but i throw in a reference that that makes me seem you know, like I'm sciencey and I'm I'm on the same team as Team Science, who are the ones who are getting all the recognition at the minute and those kind of things. But your question about how do people decipher, like that is so so difficult. Um, and I think as I don't know the answer, but I would maybe my guesses are a, f- a few of the following things. For instance, if there's three people calling themselves evidence based and one of them says something and the other two disagree, maybe go and find a few other evidence paper people to go, okay, which way is this swinging? And um, in general, a little bit of an ask the audience if your audience is of somewhat good quality. So I think like go and, go and look at like, for instance, your um, podcast guests, like, okay, speak to you two, speak to your previous podcast guests. And like, yeah, there's a little bit of a element of... Um, for want of a better phrase circle jerking like you're all obviously friends with everyone or you know whatever with people you've brought on they're of similar mindset but at the same time you've had enough people on that have enough of a name and enough of a following and and who they know and who they're related to like i think it's you probably hit the nail on the head by going asking all of those people like is this person on point and even if they won't say it in public contact them in private and then it'll go yeah you know what so and so is just um 
yeah they're just jumping on the bandwagon they're not you know 50 percent of the time like i don't know if you saw earlier today I, I was making a comment about a woman called zoe harkham and she's not fitness industry she's like um a little bit mainstream she's written some books she's very she's one of these people who's published on some of these journal papers who are like you should all be eating loads of saturated fat and you know someone said oh, i read one of her papers and some of it was quite good like is she a gimp and my kind of comment was she's she's great about 10 percent of the time which is obviously a really really poor um a percent of the time but the fact is is she does she's in a kind of arena that years and years ago i was taken up a bit by of well let's question some of the guidelines let's question some of the and, and this is probably the opposite of what you guys are like with your cinnamon buns but it was like <laughs> the whole fat is bad thing whereas it's kind of like i would see you guys as like fighting against the carbs are bad kind of thing whereas for me in my early career it was like fat was horrific you like carbs 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 and um so i kind of fought against that and she was on that team if you would like but um so yeah i think there are a lot of people out there who it's like yeah some of the time they're right like i've even been likened to people like ben coomba and i hate it because people will say oh yeah you're just like him you got a similar message and i'm like literally i'm just gonna jump off a bridge like that is the most <laughs> insulting thing i've ever been told but it's like yeah but he says you should eat more vegetables he says that um i don't know don't eat too much junk food and i'm like oh my goodness like as if that's the whole message it's like but he also says that gluten is going to kill everyone and that you know xyz you know body type this and it's anything and it's like no you need to get people who are at least like us three to take 10 other evidence-based people we will agree on 99 percent of stuff and the other stuff is just kind of like our experience our bias our but we can at least admit that and not whereas it's like you're not going to find two evidence-based people going you know doing spin biking or skipping breakfast will categorically make you fat and wreck your hormones and the only way to do that is you know whatever horny goat weed supplementation or whatever <laughs> it's yeah so yeah i'm, I'm going to go with that as my answer it's a bit of a ask the audience but a decent you know have some quality control on your audience not just post on your facebook what do you think of this guys because it's like oh my goodness your friends are morons like when it comes to nutrition mm. let's be honest most of our general public friends just know nothing and they've all got dumb opinions but yeah ask some decent people and see what you get <laughs> i always think it's um i always think it's it, it it fascinates me and i i think it's something i've spotted in those people who claim to now be evidence-based is it's um in their messages now it's a study shows this or science has shown this for ages oh science has always shown this and i'm like hang on a minute i followed you a year ago and you never said that <laughs> yeah. like but now they're sort of almost like trying to portray that to the general public now and it's like hang on like i don't tell my clients oh, i'll tell you what there's a research paper 2015 smith et al it showed actually that your beat rally needs to be at 2.6 not 2.2 like we've been doing it wrong you know i'm just gonna go yeah probably take a bit more like because we are we are able to translate that to our clients much like tom with his biomechanics like i've seen it live he doesn't speak to his clients about talk and angles of movement and stuff like that. It doesn't do it. Mm. But these people now do. They do that online. And I'm looking at it going, it's so obvious. I'm like, you, you're trying to sound clever. And they always um, comment or back up comments with, oh, no, read the study. The studies have shown. I'm like, have you read the study? I, I mm. don't think you have because that's not what it actually says. And, and again, they always kind of say, one study has shown this. And I'm like, well, there's probably another 10 that don't. 
like if you actually went and looked at it and that for me is something that again it takes time right we've we've discussed this we've had this on MNU before is is it takes time it's it's not the most enjoyable thing in the world, having to trawl through 50 papers and find out the, the common theme of what they're all saying. Um, and whereas these people would pick one that shows the favorable results that they like and go, oh, well, read this abstract. And I'm like, hang on a minute. And but to the general public, they seem like they're evidence-based because it's got a reference to it, um, like you mentioned. And that, that was my, um, I think it was a bit more diplomatic than me. Like that's the one <laughs> thing I've quite quickly um was that i don't reference the science but if you need me to i can go and find it and i can read through 10 12 20 journals and put together a rough idea of what the literature says whereas these lot just kind of go no no diet soda's not killing you it's fine kind of thing but then when that suits their argument but when a when a when it's in the paper about i saw it this morning actually i nearly wrote a post about it saying gluten-free diets linked to heart attacks and um, and again, it was just a standard correlative data. Looked at these twenty over twenty years. They looked at these people. Those that had mainly gluten free diets had a, you know twenty percent increased risk. And I could have torn it apart and gone, no, it's just shoddy science. But no one's talking about it today, right? No one. I've not seen any posts on it. Have you? Whereas the second that someone brings up a um, diet soda is bad for you, these people just jump on it and they like go for it and they go absolutely mad for it. But yet when there's other evidence out there that, you know, that, that could be quite helpful for someone to go, actually, you know, you are on a gluten-free diet, don't worry about it, like, it's not, that's not the problem, like, they've just not looked at other factors, but they're not talking about it, because it's not controversial, it's not going to help them spread their, their message and get more likes and all that sort of stuff, and that's the, that's the frustration, I think, um, with think a lot of them. Yeah, it's the frustration, I think we talked about it with Emma Story Gordon, like, the other week, didn't we? And she's oh she's obviously heavily evidence well heavily as we're all heavily evidence based but she's working in uni she's gone through that kind of system and basically deciphering of they were given out an abstract but not really not giving the general public of what they actually needed from the paper because she was writing some stuff about um, what's she doing like cardiovascular disease in 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 cancer patients. And she was like, it's got nothing yeah. to do with it, basically. And she's going to find a correlation, but it's nothing. They're completely different, separate topics, really. And she was just like, it's, it's rather pointless, um, what we're going to find. But there's, you're going to take the abstract and go, actually, yeah, CV is like disease in cancer is really high. And I was like, well, it's probably all the effects they had before. It's not the cancer. So it's us for the portray, hopefully, like what Martin said, go ask some people, ask the people around uh, who probably are all friends on Facebook if you look at the mutual friends and they'll probably all kind of agree but they'll all also give you another angle and say I know it's boring but a lot of us say it depends on scenario it depends on this it depends on that if somebody doesn't say that it, it's either the stupidest question in the world and it will give a completely blunt answer or it probably will depend which is I think is great because we, we're not going to openly lie like some of the people you've mentioned will openly lie to people so I think that's that's pretty yeah. just yeah. and uh, yeah just one thing going back to what you said Dan about kind of the way people speak about oh the science has always shown this like I do find that quite frustrating when <clears throat> there are people who two three years ago are going <clears throat> you know it's, it's all about hormones it's you know it's all about it, well, just, dysfunction. just yeah literally Maybe. hormones 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 and um and then now it's like, oh, we've, you know, we all know. It's almost a bit derogatory to people yeah. who are saying it's hormones. 
and it's kind of like I I feel at least like I'm quite like I started my talk in America basically going let me just preface this by saying like none of this is said with any judgment like I have done so I've said so many dumb things you know I I graduated with loads of academic qualifications masters and degrees and I was still a gimp like I didn't know anything and um, I said incorrect information but I always had my heart was always in the right place like I'm trying to do best by these people but I was there going um, yeah insulin it's not good I was there going um everyone must eat breakfast like these kind of things but when i then teach it i'm like i i got this wrong and if i've gone out and told so many people educated them on xyz i'm like i always say look i was there for years like i'm saying this from a place of like i understand why you think eating little and often is important like i was the same you know when i was competing i ate often i got lean i'd been told by other people i trusted that that was the way to do it but it's not right. And this is why and explain it. Whereas I just feel like there's this level of arrogance of two years ago, it's like hormones. And now it's like everybody knows it's about calories. And it doesn't matter what you do. It's all about calories. But and I've even had these people's um, students come to me and say, look, Martin, you're a straight up guy. I'm so confused because I've read this guy say this. And then now he's saying this. And I don't know how how are they not the complete opposite and i'm like i'm just confused i'm like they are the opposite complete opposite and he goes but he's but what i'm confused i've been telling my clients this for two years because he told me and i'm like yeah the problem is he's not going to admit that he said stuff wrong and he's like yeah but he just shared this the article yesterday and and i was like yeah but it was written a couple of years ago and he was, he was like yeah but why is he still sharing it if it's now completely the opposite of what he's teaching i was like oh because that's how social media works. Because it'll, it's a, it's an interesting article, and that the guy gets called out, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I'd write it differently if I wrote it now." And that's it. And I was like, "Oh, that's okay then." Mm. What? <laughs> oh, but then people who aren't clued up go, "Oh, like women shouldn't be doing that because it affects their hormones, and that's why it's not a calorie deficit." So it's just like, "Oh, more fame, more followers, more likes," just like you said. So, ah, it is frustrating. I think the people like who are asking the questions you are, who's evidence-based, they will be able to find it. It's the problem of the people who aren't asking that and have no freaking idea that there are people out there who are just just making stuff up. It's, it's the admission of, of making a mistake as well that I think is uh, something that, that you can spot um, mm. in, in those practitioners. I think we've, we've all hold our hands up and, and we've made mistakes before. Um, and... And I think it's that's what makes you relatable to people because no one's perfect. Like we get all our clients coming to us and they've they've messed up loads of times. Um, and and one of the things that we get um, a lot with our clients, especially at, at team boxes, we very rarely get the people that are fresh faced, brand new to fitness, come to us. Mm. It takes people to be a bit screwed over by someone else. It takes them to to follow these fads and these things that that then after two or three years of trying everything and failing, they kind of go right. I need to pay someone now to help me and I need people that look like they know what they're doing because last time I did that and it didn't work out so I need to do my research and they do their research they spend a bit of time looking at what we post and even having calls with us but not actually signing up there and then waiting to see and then they do and then they come in and they're like yeah this is this is brilliant this has changed my view of everything and and that's why we do what we do but it is frustrating that people have to sometimes go through that initial period i think that's the biggest problem with the industry at the moment especially like online nutrition and 
all that sort of stuff is how is getting to the front line of those people because it's almost like they have to fight their way through all this all this crap to kind of get to the, the good people and they almost have to suffer before they even get to the people who know what they're doing and it's because of the way they they market themselves and the way that they spread their message which mm. um which yeah yeah could, we could spend a whole podcast talking about that as well but um <laughs> it's it's it is it is hugely frustrating it's definitely um, especially more, when you get a lot of like the marketing welcome. it's definitely more the marketing point of view because i think we both talked about that in the last couple of weeks where we've actually been because we've been podcasting this is episode like 68 69 or whatever and there's just people kind of going oh great show guys i've like i've been following you forever now i want to sign up it's like all right so a year and a half we've we've broken we've broken them down to be our client but yeah <laughs> but they've realized oh actually they might actually know what they're talking about they're going through that process and we've managed to get to the front of the all front of the queue but we've also had some people come to us who have had which like exactly bad experiences in the past but we're we're starting the evidence based EB, as Dan calls it now. Um, so evidence-based practice is uh, winning because we're starting to filter through, which is great, and people are coming to us. And actually, in like consults I've had in the last couple, few weeks, have said, actually, I had this guy and I had this guy, and it didn't work. I was like, fair enough, if it didn't work, um, that's fine. And I'd like, I'd like to see what you're doing. And it's just some of it's been shocking, um, which is a shame. But yeah, we're, we're starting to starting to win through, Dan, which is good. It happens. It happens in PT as well, though, right? Is that yes, you kind of get what you pay for in that <laughs> as well? Like we've had people before come to us who've been messed up by a trainer, ridiculously so. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's nothing you can do other than go. Well, I can't really do anything. All I can do is say to you, it's going to get better from now. But um, yeah, I think I was the most blunt when I had a couple come to me, and they're both about fifty-five, fifty-six, and they've been training with the same trainer for about eight years, and they decided to come to our gym, and. Uh, I'm the most senior trainer there. They came straight to me. I remember Dan saying, oh my God, she walks in Valgus. I was like, yeah, she's been trained for eight years. And and I literally said, you've wasted your money. You've wasted your money for eight years. They didn't know how to squat at all. There was no, if I said squat to them, they knew, they knew nothing. Which I was like, wow. Like you should, eight years, you should have taken on some information, no matter how much you didn't pay attention. But I was absolutely amazed and it happens in obviously you guys are more nutrition than me but it happens in our training industry all the time and it's it's fucking insulting and I can <laughs> put in the same category as these people because again we've I have to walk around with trainer on my back and I can't go actually MSC biomechanics team like whatever all we'll that kind of crap <laughs> I'd love to but yeah that's just it's really annoying and I'm like oh, you can watch somebody that's in the kind of the same uniform as you and you're like oh god great just bad I think mm. the whole exactly that kind of comes on to maybe we can talk about that the term nutritionist uh, well that's a whole that's a whole uh, <laughs> that's a whole like I'll get I got asked the other day actually because I've just started uh, Martin you'll love this I've just started playing cricket again which isn't even a sport apparently but it is <laughs> I got um, I got asked someone goes oh so what do you do I was like oh I'm, I'm a nutritionist just because people understand it oh is that the one that is protected or not and I'm like yeah, it's the one that's not like, oh, the dietitian's the good one, isn't it? And I was like, you, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'd leave it Goodness there. Me, yeah. um, but that leads nicely, I guess, onto, uh, we can talk a little bit about um, about MNU and kind of, I guess, coaching the next breed of actual evidence-based practitioners in, in the industry. And leads on to a question we've had from uh, one of our listeners, VJ. Um, He's very intelligent. Who has asked, He's one of my clients, so. 
Yeah, he must be an idiot. Um, <laughs> he's asked, um, who do you see as sort of competitors to MNU? Because, right, we're talking about evidence-based practice <laughs> and with people potentially wanting to learn more. Um, you know, are there any competitors for, for MNU? And, and, you know, what's, what's, what's separating you from them? And I guess what, what do people need to look out for when they're picking potentially a course to learn more about either nutrition or, or training potentially? Yeah, so <clears throat> it's a funny one. Like probably I've said this in a couple of like podcasts and lectures that I've done in the, it may be the last month, but I had this real, um, like I, I suppose to use my own phrase, like aha moment about MNU. And it was just one of those like, oh my goodness, like why didn't someone else do this sooner? And like, I kind of answered my question on the spot of like, ah, because no one else really has the infrastructure to do what we've done like there's there's lots of kind of in good evidence-based individuals out there there's um yeah yeah just lots of individuals but you know over the years i've you know mac nutrition itself has kind of changed but it has grown to be a team of of people who are supposed to sit around and are, are in the same room with each other daily like it is a business it is an it's an office environment and you know when you're doing what we're doing which is i suppose very very high level of kind of um education and support you couldn't do that with just like a a youtube um education program or just like a textbook program or, or, or whatever so i think it's funny like who are our competitors it's really difficult like i could have named oh you know back when we first started we looked at probably three other um courses one that I won't name because they're just gimps that I don't even want to say. But then you've got kind of ISSN and PN being the ones that we kind of looked at. And, um, you know, if we're talking strictly uh, nutrition courses, like you've got SBS Academy, which is like training, um, powerlifting stuff, bodybuilding, uh, and, and nutrition for those physique sports. But it's kind of like a, it's a very trainer-specific, a bit like your sort of reps course. So I did actually call up Luke Johnson, who I'm sure you guys are aware of, and just sort of said, you know, we're launching this course. And, um, like, I'm not, you know, I know him well. And I was like, I'm not a businessman. You know I'm not. And I, I basically don't want there to be any hard feelings. So I just want to be really transparent up the front. I'm kind of asking permission to do this. And um, he was just like, yeah, like, obviously it's, it's different to us. And um, I called up Laurent Bannock from the ISSN and sort of said the same thing. And he was like, yeah, you're, you're very different to us. It's, you know, and it is, they're a sports nutrition course. They're kind of, I suppose, teach the biochemistry and the, a lot of theory, but it's not, it's absolutely nothing like what, what we're doing. It's, um, yeah, just very different. Ours being a very broad, general, like we teach you how to be an amazing practitioner, essentially, is the way of putting it. And then you've got PN, which is a short, basic course, focuses on their like one method um, of kind of like hand sizes and, um, you know, a bit of behavior change stuff. But it's, it's you know, PN's one of those ones that almost everyone seems to have done, but they are all doing another two or three courses after it. And then obviously years and years and years later, PN are now doing their PN2, which, you know, I haven't heard enough about to pass big judgment on. But MNU is like, there's basically no competitors. I suppose I can say that in good faith because Dan would hopefully call me out if he thought it wasn't true. But um, yeah, we just, we go literally from zero. We've got people who are, you know, bankers, 
a big shout out to Matt, um, to kind of like beauticians, lawyers, um, who, who literally want to transfer from a relatively low level of knowledge, maybe. I kind of Matt was sort of very well read beforehand, but you've got people who are literally going, I just want to become a nutritionist one day and what shall I do? And um, we're taking them from zero and, you know, all the way, I hope, to about, about there or thereabouts, 100. And, um, you know, we do cover everything that someone would really need to know to work with a client. And we've we've taken so much time and effort to go, you know, I. it's funny and it's really, really humbling and nice when people realize the effort that's gone in. You know, they're like, oh, my goodness, this homework, I'm actually excited about doing it. And it's because we have sat for hours. Like you think, oh, come up with a homework for on protein. It's like, oh, do this. But it's like we have sat for hours discussing the practical application of what our students will get out of that. What what part of their career is it going to help? Is it good at practicing or is it actually a client resource they will use in their business? Is it, you know, creating a skill they will use long term? And I will literally sit if, say, if Sarah or Billy is preparing a presentation that they're going to deliver, I will sit and go through it with them and go, how is that applicable? And, and they obviously they try and defend it because everyone just tries to defend their own information, right? And they're like, uh, well, it's, it's interesting. And I'm like, right, but when have you ever used it with a client? Um, yeah, yeah, probably not. But it, but it is interesting. And I'm like, I know it's interesting like because we're geeks, but we've only got 52 weeks to teach people everything. Um, it can't go in. And so we've literally stripped out stuff that, you know, it's like, oh, this week on my course, I'm learning about the Krebs cycle. It's like, cool. Mm. Name a situation where you've talked to a, a client about the Krebs cycle or even used it in your programming. Um, <laughs> here we go. Krebs cycle. I thought he's yeah. going to reach God. Yeah, this say. is my client <laughs> program. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom oh, was just about to pull his program then and go, this is my program for my client tomorrow. We're just going over the Krebs cycle. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think um, I think that's that's something that is is hugely different. Um, having done, I've done the, um, well, I'm, I'm on supposedly the ISSN. Um, supposedly, but I need to. Um, supposedly, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah supposedly, uh... as in, like, I'm not, as in, like I haven't been to a weekend for a very very long time. I've done any work for it, unfortunately, um, and that is very much like back at uni. It's like you're sat here and it's just science, 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 and just if anyone was to ever try that as their first course no disrespect to most people but they just would be like this is ridiculous because you know the prerequisite is you have to huh that's my university yeah it's up at Middlesex isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah exactly. and um, <laughs> but you have to have a you have to have done a degree to then do that course like that's one of the prerequisites because it is at that level so yeah you're right it is very different and then MNU's been very said, much I have also said publicly if after doing MNU because a lot of kind of I suppose one of our competitors which isn't really a competitor but they're like oh if you do our course you can go on and you'll, it'll get you entry onto ISSN and I've basically said we haven't made it public or like made it official but if you don't get onto ISSN after doing MNU I will refund you your whole of MNU and pay for you to do another course that gets you onto ISSN I'm so confident that they will take anyone after doing MNU because they know the quality and the standard that we'll be de delivering. I just wanted to throw that little plug in there. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, like MNU has been very much around client-centered. It is very much a case of making you a better practitioner, which is the problem with, with a lot of people. Like we've seen a lot of trainers um, <laughs> when we worked together, Tom, that, you know, would come in with all this knowledge from all these books and you literally put them in front of someone and you're like, 
oh my god this is a train wreck yeah. Um, and it's the same with nutrition. Like every, every, like again, it's one of those where everyone's now an online nutrition coach, and I'm kind of like, you know, you've not been a nutrition coach in person yet. You've not even been a coach for, for trainer in person yet. Like you can't just jump through, you know, straight online and expect it to be all hunky dory. Because if anything, it's harder because you have to pick up these signals that are harder to pick up online than they were in person. If you can't even notice them in person, then there's no way you're getting it online. And um, you know they just email their clients all the time and it's just like hang on you might need a bit more interaction than that with someone potentially um yeah and it's and, and that's what i think like you said mnu is is given that that value there is that it's right this is how you deal with people this is how you deal with furthering your knowledge and, and looking at things like papers or answering questions that you're going to get not worrying about like you said the krebs cycle and all that sort of stuff which um yeah, is for want of a better term, boring. Um, very, very boring. Right. Um, and I think the geeks as well. The geeks do go out and we, we obviously post up like you've got the op, you know, the the homework, the quiz, the further reading, and then like the op, you know, super super optional supportive reading, which is like if you just want to go and read, like here's the chapter in a textbook that you can go and read, but it's like it's not going to make you a better practitioner. And and if anything, why do they teach you that at uni? It's so that you can go and do a PhD, maybe for those people who want to go down that route. But you're not doing a professional qualification to go and do a PhD to be able to do research. And that's the only reason you need to know most of that. And like, that's not to say we obviously don't teach. Like we taught research methods. It's like, well, why does a practitioner need to know research methods? Well, because we teach it in such a simple way that actually at least they have the basis to learn more when they leave us. It's like, that's what we really, really want is people who are able to synthesize their new knowledge, you know, be able to disseminate to clients stuff that they see published because they do need to be that that bracket between academia and, and the general public. But so we do obviously touch on those little bits, but it's... Um, yeah, not focusing on, yeah, just learning for learning's sake to kind of fill up course content because there's so much to learn. It's like we are struggling to fit it all in by even with cutting all of that stuff out. It's um, you know, it's crazy that people are like, oh, do our 16 week course and you're a qualified nutrition coach. It's like, what? 16 weeks? Like, oh my goodness. You know, I studied for what five years, and I was still rubbish. And I'm in more intelligent than most people. Let's <laughs> let's put that out there. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it, it, it that leads nicely onto a little bit. It, no, but it, just just correlating into uh, the fitness world, more like the movement mechanics. It correlates straight into that as well with the PT. The PT is how the PT qualification is how long? About is it, you can probably do it in about six weeks if you really wanted to. I'd imagine. I swear and, they get shorter. Like every time I see one, it's like two days. It's like twenty-four yeah, hours. Like twenty-four hour PT. Twenty-four hour PT, and then you can do it all online without without staying in the gym, basically. And and then I'm sitting there going, "What the fuck have I spent four years doing uh, trying to actually?" And I was shit when I came out. Dan can warrant that. Um, and then we we both worked in professional sport before we were let loose on the general public. Weirdly. But yeah, then it was very, very odd that that is still a thing, and it's it's I still think it's embarrassing that it happens, um, and people should shouldn't be geared with basically after a sixteen week or whatever course to be like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I can cheat everybody. Uh, that's when it's dangerous. I feel, and you probably need to do some further reading again, find out these evidence guys, see who they're talking to, and go 
could maybe go through a little bit of a longer process to get there, which is great for the people that are doing your course, Martin, that they're swapping careers and graduating that. We've had a fair few trainers, and I think I can comfortably say usually they're probably the most successful because they realize they need to learn again mm. and they need to go back, and they're like, actually, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Now I can go. Not the guys that are fresh out and thinking, yeah, I've trained a bit. I know, I know how to eat food. It's just like macro counting, right? Yeah, sweet. All right, and then just go straight on. Um, so do your reading and see how it goes. They, um, they also have life experience in other careers where they've made yes. mistakes and they probably are, are well aware that they need to do their research and mm. that they probably made these silly mistakes, whether it is in banking. You know, I'm sure Matt Morgan's lost millions of pounds of people before <laughs> um, and, po- and, pocketed it and pocketed it for himself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and they learn from those mistakes. They know that in their next career, they probably go, right, I need to be a bit more aware of things. Um, but um, that leads nice one to another question we've had um, from Liam, which... I'll touch on a little bit as well, but um, is the whole online coaching versus in-person training? Um, is is personal training a dying art? Is it is online going to take over, or do we think that they're they're somewhat mutually exclusive? Um, and obviously, in terms of nutrition consulting and all that sort of stuff, Martin, I know you get people into your office still um, to see you face to face, and obviously, with online world, makes it a lot easier to to see people. I I give a little view of what I think um, the way it's going in a sense of that I think if you've never been a trainer I don't believe you can be an online trainer but what's what's your view mm. uh, yeah I was at, actually when you sort of alluded to that a little bit earlier I did think it related to this question and like I, I totally agree I think probably although this is not evidence-based it's just a like off the top of my head probably it's worse when people go to become an online PT without ever training someone in person I'm guessing but I don't know for sure that that's probably worse just because of things like I don't know Skype for for nutrition you know you can I can pick up your guys body language as we're talking like little things you would get from face-to-face nutrition but um I think it is crazy that anyone would ever go you know 100% online without ever like sitting down with someone in a room and it's like there are things as part of your consultation process like yeah if you're just you know, as tom said like a macro coach and nothing else then it's like oh please send me your age height and weight and then it's like and oh here's your plan and it's like oh cool thanks i've stopped losing weight here's your new plan and it's you know that's it whereas yeah if you actually want to work with people you know, do do the behavior change, build rapport, be able to essentially access and um, kind of activate someone's own motivation for change and to, you know, do the hard things that they have to do sometimes to to lose weight. You know, it's not easy for everyone. It's like not everyone is addicted to dieting and having apps like loads of people are definitely not. So it's to be an actually successful person who can ethically work with a wide variety of individuals like if you advertise yourself as i'm a macro coach and you have to be 100 percent compliant i'm not gonna you know psychologically or emotionally support you but i will cut 50 grams of carbs off your plan every few weeks then yeah you can probably ethically take anyone who agrees to work with you but when you go i'm you know going to help you improve your body composition i can help with anyone it's like you do need to 
at least have have done you kind of mastered your trade a little bit offline i think as a and uh, you know the fact that i've said about the skype thing i do wonder like i'll give you a for instance like body composition unless you have a good referral network you can send someone to get accurately done skin folds and maybe they have a dexa nearby and because like someone said to me recently martin you gave this example of a client you worked with what would you do if they weren't a face-to-face client they weren't coming into your consultation room and I basically wrote cry because it was like such a difficult situation that, that it really needed to be a face-to-face client. But, you know, if I'd had a, someone I really trusted on the body composition side to get measurements done and, and all this kind of stuff. But it, it was one of these scenarios where I basically touched the person. Um, that sounds weird. But and it, <laughs> I needed to be able to touch them. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, people jumping into online coaching as – you know the first thing and that's how they're going to make their money it's probably not a great idea and they they should look to be doing some face-to-face stuff and um but i think the question was like something about is it going to take over like definitely being online gives you access to so many more people um and i, I do kind of worry more not just like online nutrition coach i'm going to stick to that because you guys are the sort of experts on the pt stuff compared to me but online nutrition coaching it's when people go oh join my um weight loss program join my facebook group pay me i don't know what 20 pounds a week to be in my facebook group and i'm going to help you lose weight along with these 50 other people and then they've gone from being no, no coaching face to face. No, not even working with people one to one. But suddenly they're they're running single handedly a weight loss program for fifty people, having to deal with the emotional struggle of those people. Like, how do they know the cues that they're using? Like, essentially, they're doing like a a, a mailing list. They're just okay. I'm just going to post a recipe Monday, a motivational quote on Tuesday, and it's like you don't understand the efficacy of the program that you're doing. Like, you've not read one single study on online nutrition programs and interventions on anything you've got no clue you just your opinion is i will tell them what i know and they will lose weight and you're taking money for it um so i think i worry more about that than i do someone maybe jumping into online face-to-face nutrition coaching because if you can get someone on skype you can see if they're uncomfortable you can see if maybe they're lying um you can show them kind of due concern you know if they get upset you know body language and face-to-face rather than just like I'm an email coach or a like I, I honestly don't know how people can be online PTs without ever being in gym like I think that's kind of crazy but um yeah it's not my place to say I suppose <laughs> yeah I would, I would really really struggle because I, I like uh, with the online PT stuff obviously I like I write a lot of people's programs and basically the parameters of that I need to know uh, what either their kind of three to five to ten RMs are, working off the back of that, and then they would have sent me videos of pretty much all the lifts that I've asked them to do, um, and then I'd critique them, go through that, see what's going on, and then give them a mobility plan or some sort of warm up recognition, and then go into a programming. And it probably takes a couple of weeks. And I know it's very, I'm very blunt, but I doubt many people will go through that process of actually seeing what the person can do before and being like, actually, here you go. I mean, me and you, Dan, went through um, one of the worst training programs ever given out known to man last week and absolutely picked it apart. Um, and 
we got a few comments that people were laughing their heads off on the tube about it. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I know you've done a good podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that's that's the baffling that that's that's given out there, and I'm sure the same things happen in the <clears> nutrition. So, which is, I think it's um, it's it's just such a for me it's such a fascinating uh, discussion because I'm firmly in the camp of. If you've not trained people, you've not worked with people, you've got no chance of doing it online. That's my general belief, to do it properly. And um, the way we, we do things um, at Teambox, we, we have like 30 clients max each coach. And that's done for a very specific reason, and that's because we dedicate a certain amount of time each week to each person to do videos, to look over their information, request information from them, all that sort of stuff. And I've heard horror stories of coaches having hundreds of clients. And I'm like, okay, I know as a coach all you're doing is changing their macros sending them an email and going grind harder bro see you later grind harder bro like do more cardio brilliant what if they can't do more cardio like you need to speak to that person and and that's always one thing for me is with the alarm bells is just if someone's charging you less than 50 quid a month and they're just going to give you email support and they're going to say i'm going to change your i'm going to sort out your whole diet for you they're going to have more than 100 clients a month guaranteed like there's no way that you're going to get the level of detail that you need um and that's something that I think is 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 why I I don't believe online coaching is gonna is gonna surpass personal training because I think it's just gonna become an area where um, the the people who aren't very good are just gonna get found out very quickly and they have been found out um, they're getting found out more and more each day you know we've heard horror stories of people paying for plans and, and nev- nothing ever showing up people literally being mm. robbed by people. Um, mm. It happens far too often. These people still get given gigs at places, which is just obscene. Unfortunately, he's not comparing my talks at Body Power this year, so that's a that's a result. Oh, not? thank God for that. Wow. Yeah. Oh God. I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's comparing another stage, but I literally had slides set up to absolutely ruin him <laughs> as he introduced me, and now he's not. So maybe someone got wind of that and moved him on. But I think yeah. embarrassing, yeah. embarrassingly, um, I think he was actually attempting to do my degree whilst i was there um he did i don't as far as i know he didn't he didn't graduate with me so he was definitely in the probably same didn't year. pay for it um so no, <laughs> for sure but yeah i because I, I think when when he started catching heat in basically our online world i was like i know that name and yeah I, i'm pretty sure he, he i believe it or not i did sports nutrition um as one of my modules and i'm pretty sure he would have been in my class and I never saw him at graduation, so I can't imagine he went through there. I don't know whether he lies about that as well. I'm not too sure. Oh, man, I've, they all lie. I've never seen um I've never seen BSD any... or anything on his his um profiles or anything. No, so but, maybe not. That's yeah. international rugby <clears throat> player. <laughs> yeah, international player. But that's that's the other like aspect of online coaching. The reason that I also think it's not gonna be um as big as many people think it is, is that that I, I, I seriously get the the, the the lack of trust in the industry. Like, I get it. Like, I see it every day. And, and I think that we've often had clients who have been a bit scared off sometimes by our assessment process. They're like, why am I filling in all these sheets? Like, Why are you asking all these questions? It's like, well, because you know what? Because people will take you on and they will screw you over and they will just take your money. And, and you know, we're asking you to do all this information for us before we ask for anything because we want to show you that we're, we're in it and we know what we're doing. We're not like... We're not absolute gimps for, you know, using your favorite word, mine. But that's, that's the problem as well is that is that I don't blame people for not trusting online coaches. I don't blame them at all. Like I sit and have consults with people, and I go, I get it. I, was like, I, I get why you're a bit like, I'm not sure I'm going to think about it. And I always say to them, look, go away, watch our stuff again, like think about it. Because 
the people that are very very pushy are the ones that are the ones that like that you know um you know fit pro mentors and all that sort of shit like they're all the same they're just out to prey on people's insecurities and it's we did a podcast with suck on that and it's just yeah there's it's exactly the same thing um so i totally um totally totally get it um so moving on to probably something a bit lighter rather than the, the heavy shit <laughs> getting into at the moment. But um, what was your um, biggest sort of light bulb moment? This question is from our, our banker friend Matt, who's probably listening in on his Ferrari at the moment. But um, <laughs> what, yeah, what was your biggest light bulb moment? Sort of maybe in terms of a, in terms of nutrition, and then b, maybe in terms of more sort of macronutrition nutrition, and maybe sort of the way that that's developed over the years. Oh wow! Okay. Um... For example, like when you know, for example, like moving into an office. Like I know at the moment, me and Steve are talking a lot about that. For us, is quite a huge, like you say, light bulb moment. Is yeah. that could that boost your your profile? Could that boost things yeah. for? Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. So I'm gonna just go around the sort of business, my nutrition bit first, and um, I don't know if it answers the question, but I'm just gonna say it anyway um, that. One big issue, I think, for me was probably coming from a sports nutrition background and um, where it's very, very accepted to be paid pennies um, and then coming into a world of, you know, it, it, essentially we were offering an insanely personalized um, kind of nutrition support counseling type service for for pennies and time and time again i had clients saying to me you know i would have paid four times what you charged me for that and these these were at points where i felt our prices were high and people were like yeah i would have paid so much more for that and they were just like you don't understand that what you're giving here is like i can take this and i can use it with my family i can use this for the rest of my life blah 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 um and so actually the light bulb moment i'm just going to say on that which <clears throat> I think will probably resonate with at least someone who might listen to this podcast is that like making money shouldn't make you feel dirty. And it, I think there's so many con artists out there that for me, I have 100% worked against myself by, by being so anti making money. And, you know, even now it's a bit weird. Like I'm going, Oh, I'm going to tour around and do this. And as long as it's cost neutral and like, but I am in a position where I have a, a business that works and that pays me and that's fine. But, but before I had that, I was like, yeah, don't want to charge too much. And, and, and even didn't want to productize anything because I was like, no, I need to give people all of my time. And I even, you know, at the time I had people who did, who couldn't afford to pay 50 pound an hour. And it's like, so you're giving away loads of your time for, for very, very little. And, um, you can't make a living. You just you're just kind of struggling to make ends meet, and therefore your clients aren't getting the best out of you because of that. So I think that was a little bit of an aha moment in terms of me was okay. How can you productize some stuff? How can you systemize some stuff so that people who can't pay you what you're worth um, can get some of you, but it's wrapped up in the like. Let's take the body coach for example. He is selling personalized nutrition plans for 147 pounds or whatever it is we all know they're not personalized we all know that they're just run off a thing we know that they're not qualified coming from a qualified point of view um 
therefore I look at that and I'm disgusted and I'm just like you know how does he sleep at night and I've actually I won't say it on air but I'll tell you guys afterwards what I I actually got a message whilst I was in New York from someone saying I met Joe Wicks I um got into a little bit of an argument with him because I was drunk and when I mentioned your name his face dropped and I basically won the argument just by saying your name and then um, I'll tell you about that more but Brilliant. he um it's like <laughs> And I pretty much said, like, I asked loads of questions because this person already had quite a lengthy interaction. But it's like, how can he sleep at night and whatever? But um, you, but therefore, you can sell those plans. There is nothing wrong with going, here's a recipe book that ha- that is, you know, maybe you need to get someone if you're, you're not in this situation. But, you know, 1,800 calories and go, it's not personalized, no. But it it's, you know, balanced and, and whatever. And if you want, if you know 1800 is right for you, then, you know, and you don't say it's personalized. But, you know, that's just one example of, of just kind of a bit of an aha, like, don't think that even marketing, right? Like, I think it was you, Tom, who just mentioned marketing. But it's like, don't be afraid to market yourself just because it makes you feel like you're selling out like the idiots who focus just on marketing. So that that's my kind of business one. And then nutrition wise, I honestly think there's just too many to to go into. Like, um, it, you know, I, I mentioned the breakfast thing constantly. That was a massive one for me. Meal frequency was another big one. Carbs in the evening was another big one. Like those three things, the number of new clients or even existing clients at the time when I realized I didn't have to force people to eat soon after waking up. I didn't have to remove carbohydrates in the evening. I didn't have to set an exact number of meals. It, it hugely helped the number of people I could work with. And I think online, if you do just work with bodybuilders, there's no issue with adherence with neurotic kind of robots. But the type of clients that I was working with at the time, being able to go, oh my goodness, I can now change all of this to suit you. It was just a huge, you know, those different things were aha moments for me. And even I suppose... Um, like get being able to gain muscle in a deficit like for for many years like i was like no i don't think you can do it and um that's maybe not a game changer at all but it's just an interesting time and um and then i suppose okay i'll give you this is this is my single answer is my aha moment was what i said to you at the beginning of the podcast of low fat low carb and those kind of things i was very very against in the sports nutrition world everyone is eat low fat carbs are king like if you guys are working in professional sport you'll know that and it's like you know lucasade galore and low-fat options of everything and i my first ever sort of high profile sport was obviously olympic weightlifting like national team olympics and they you know they'd previously been told the other one was like england swimming i like r- ran the educational program for the whole of the uk and i was given the previous you know however several years worth of information and it was like swimmers should avoid salt at you know pretty much at all costs and i was like what and it was just literally like this generalized nutrition advice but again just don't eat fat and you know the research that shows that like endurance athletes if they don't eat sufficient fat simply cannot get to their calorie requirements and have immune um, function issues and just all this stuff so anyway i fought against the low fat mantra so hard that i almost looked from the outside like a bit of a low carb zealot and even i had this bias towards any study that was like low carb is good and um 
I just had this aha moment one day of like looking at, you know, 50 different client nutrition things. I was like, oh my goodness, I've never put anyone in low, on a low carb diet. And I was like, but I am the low carb guy. Like within the sports nutrition world, like people in the top of like the EIS and whatever were like, you're so low carb, you're not evidence-based and this kind of stuff. And I was like, you do realize I work with loads of general population individuals who don't need to eat 10 grams per kilogram carbs, right? But I looked at their nutrition plans. It was like, oh my goodness, I actually have never put anyone on a low carb diet. I just hate the fact that everyone's like, you shouldn't eat fat. Fat is bad. Like, here's a story for you. At the holding camp before the Olympics, it was in um, Loughborough. And um, I won't name the sport because then people could literally look up who it was. But the lead, like a high, like in the sports nutrition world, this isn't sports nutrition fitness industry. This is like elite sport wear, but Olympic games. Their nutritionist is like, I, I'm, it's annoying. I'm doing it on like I'm on camera. But he's basically <laughs> huddled over the start of the, like it's this amazing buffet menu for all athletes. He's over where the, the cheese and there's like some butter there and spreads and stuff. He's huddled over it for a very, very high calorie expenditure sport where his athletes are behind him and he's like move along guys move along come on nothing for you here and i'm like oh my goodness you weirdo and then one of my weightlifters is like says to the waiter like oh can i have some butter please and there wasn't actually any butter and they were like oh we've been told not to put it out and he's like what and this guy's welsh like with like such an attitude and he's like what and they're like, yeah, sorry, we've like, been told not to put it out by the the kind of performance dietitians. And he's like, I, n- I want butter. And then they're like, oh, you have to get it signed off by your like sports nutritionist. So he like goes, oi, Martin, this guy's telling me I can't have butter. Come. And then I'm like, and I just look at the waiter and I'm like, he can have butter. It's like, I'm not a gimp. He's not a gimp. Just give him some butter. But it's like, you know, the, the waiter was just doing his job. But can you believe it? It's just unbelievable. So anyway, that's my aha moment. Um, that I wasn't actually a low-carb zealot. I was just... And like you'll know, Dan, that kind of homework that we do right at the beginning of m about people's biases. Like How many people are having little aha moments there of like, yeah, do you know what? I have got a bit of a bias towards flexible or if it fits your macros or whatever. And it, just that acknowledgement of their own bias is so helpful to go, do you know what? I do see there is a place for maybe not like letting people get away with too much ice cream. Like not everyone wants to track and, Mm. and therefore there is a place for not clean eating, not the term, but actually just sticking to mostly whole foods. And anyway, um, yeah. I think that's the biggest, one of the biggest aha moments is, is, is definitely identifying your own biases. Like I remember when I trained people, in London and it was just it was probably at the time when like carbs are bad was at its peak and so I used to just sit there munching on all the carbs and the looks you get from people I'm like no you can do it I used to literally be like no you can do it you can do it you can do it and um that's still to this day one of my big biases it's like I don't want to I'd rather be the guy that's known of eating loads of carbs and getting lean than the guy who who takes things in moderation because it's like you just want to prove people so much it's like no there's nothing wrong with them like you just you've been lied to and Part of it also comes from history of following certain people who have told you that they're going to kill you, pretty much, mm. um, and just say, you know, you, you're just an idiot. But um, yeah. yeah, that's the that's the fascinating part I find is the, often the aha moments come from your own experiences, almost rather than necessarily sometimes with with clients. It's more just the fact of, oh, hang on a minute, this shit works. Like 
I've had some chocolate and I got lean. Like, and that then you then want to impart that knowledge on everyone because you can't, you know, you're like, oh my god, if it happened to me, it can happen to you. And and then they have that aha moment and they tell all their friends. And it's yeah. it's often that thing if it happens to you, um, and that's that's the way it kind of goes around. And um, yeah, I remember it, literally. There's basically the story about the cinnamon buns is round the corner from the gym. There's a bakery, <laughs> and it does the best cinnamon buns in the world. And I did my first photo shoot at that gym, and I was basically eating cinnamon buns like up to the point and all my clients were like you can't be doing that yeah you're never gonna do anything and it was just like lifting the top up and going well i can <laughs> i have <laughs> and uh, that was kind of and again it's it's that little light bulb moment where there's a lot of even trainers out at the time were like no you can't do that it's not clean uh, yeah. Like, yeah so that's kind of where like you said those biases do come from yeah it's um, worth them it's worth just pointing out as well there's <clears throat> i think the best because you could go down two routes with that it's like do you, do you know who professor tim noakes is like you, you're both sort of aware of him like he's like the super super low carb zealot guy yep. for any of the listeners mm -hmm. and uh he basically had an aha moment which screwed him over like he wasn't such a moron before but he basically cut carbs it helped him lose weight and um you know he's way past any kind of peak running performance he was overweight and he basically lost weight and could run faster and he decided based on that aha moment that oh my goodness carbs were making me fat and cutting carbs and eating fat instead improves running performance so it's kind of stitched him up right his aha moment but the problem is is he's whereas the difference is is the best aha moments are when you see something you believe that can't happen happen so like you can only get lean by cutting carbs or you can only get lean by eating clean foods so when you see it that not be the case it's a brilliant aha moment so it's like okay i've got another tool in my box i don't have to force someone to be low carb or not eat chocolate or whatever the problem is is where your aha moment is like ah oh, i've proven that this leads to this so i think it's more it's like the first time you see a black swan i don't know if you've heard the kind of whole black swan is like if you believe all swans are white you know if you've never seen a black swan like, all swans are white but as soon as you see one black swan you can no longer say all swans are white so it's that it's like aha moments i suppose are really great <clears throat> like black swan scenarios as opposed to um just n equals one experiences like aha like i cut out gluten and i lost weight like the whole duncan bannertine thing that i've spoken about like oh i cut out gluten and i lost 10 pounds everyone should educate themselves these things are the devil it's like oh my goodness yeah. you have literally like two plus two equals five million and you've um, just increased your risk of a heart attack as well so yeah, yeah good luck, duncan. exactly yeah. if only that study was about i could have been yeah. as bad at science as he was yeah, yeah. <laughs> So our next question is from Paul C, and it's going to be a little bit lighter. I always say Paul C because Paul is—he's in MNU, and he's called Paul yeah. Cocker, but he always just puts Paul C. And the reason yeah. is because his, his surname's Cocker, and I assume he just get—he just must get a bit of banter about it. Well, can well we, we can just refer you know to that, him as Cocker then. <laughs> Do you know? From I now. think Facebook or some some social medians won't let you create your account because it will say. You're trying to use rude words in your name. <laughs> that could well be it. That could be it. That could yeah. be it. I think it is because I think there was someone like someone Titshaw, and it was like you can't create an account. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Profanities. Wow. Yeah. Um, he I'm, says I'm sure it would have been maybe Martin. Were you just creating another like trolling account? 
just under yeah, somebody yeah. else's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm banned from so many pages I'm like trying to create <laughs> that's how I found out actually <laughs> um, he says if you could have any six people to impart their wisdom at a conference covering all things nutrition and body composition who would they be Ooh. I saw this one like this is just this is so difficult right I but... think six is a lot isn't it as well that's yeah. a lot that's a thing. I'll, 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 think. I'll say six but but I'll also preface it by like I don't mean any disrespect by if these if anyone wasn't the first person to come to my mind and it's like the whole you know the good thing for me is is like I'm putting on an MNU conference like two this year so that's like four or five no that's like what six to eight speakers and then we've got graduation so that's another speaker or two and then do that every single year so I don't have to stick to six but anyway the people I, I saw this question so I did sort of just have a real quick think um, so my first one probably is the most surprising I reckon to people is Lyle McDonald not surprising because, at all <laughs> <laughs> but it, it might not be surprising unless you've seen the fact that I kind of called him out on my wall when he banned me from his group so everyone's like oh Martin hates Lyle and it's like no I don't like I just thought he was a bit of a gimp on time so I called him out for it and um, because he banned me and kicked me from his group and blocked me and whatever but he's unblocked me now um, and it's not like we're friends at all but the fact is is like I know people don't like him because like, he can have an attitude problem sometimes but it's like even if he's just like inviting Hulk Hogan or someone like that to come and speak at something he's been around forever and it's just like just tell me some stories you know like I wouldn't even ask Arnie for bodybuilding advice but I just like to talk to him to hear what he's seen and all that kind of cool stuff so but at the same time Lyle is obviously extremely knowledgeable I don't want to downplay that but even if you don't like him it's like he's been around forever he's seen everything he was like one of the first people on the internet um, he's been there and trolled the hell out of everyone in the world so anyway Lyle um, James Krieger because he's a freaking amazing presenter um, and for me, it's just like one of those people, he's like, he walks into the room and he's like kind of a little bit, he like, he looks geeky. I don't know if he'll be offended by that. I hope not. But just kind of like, he looks intelligent yeah. and he's not, you know, he's not walking around with like 20 inch arms. So it's like, okay, that's a bit of a disparity when he was speaking at body power. But then he like speaks and he's like got so much presence. He's like funny and engaging. And um, so Anyway, so he, he's like one of those people who definitely... And then Alan Arrogan, just because me and him are just like bros. And um, he refers to me as the British version of him. So that's kind of like, we're just sort of soulmates. Um, <laughs> Danny Lennon, I've thrown in there because um, it, like, I just got loads of respect for Danny. Um, just a hugely nice guy, hugely intelligent, but also hugely humble. Is always like forthcoming with compliments, but has got you know, has kind of crafted his trade really well. Um, obviously, he released that um, ebook on weight-making stuff, which is just, like, amazing and um, just super knowledgeable. And I don't know, is his setting up quite a, a sex, successful business as well, so he's doing some good stuff. Um, Spencer Nadolski, because, again, he and I have got a little bit of a bromance going on, and um, he he's, you know, the fact he's a medical doctor... Um, and like he you know he's super intelligent and kind of the whole stuff about like drug interactions which you know tends to be outside of of most of our scopes but can kind of just help us to understand some of our clients issues so that's another one and then f is that five yeah my final one is stefan guinea i don't know if you guys know who he is but he um stefan guinea is probably 
one of very, very few people who I've ever listened to on a podcast and agreed with 100% of the things that they said. Um, and he also, one podcast he was on, the the uh, host tried to ask him kind of a leading question that would like suited his bias. And basically, Guillain just destroyed him. A bit like when Krieger destroyed Kuma about the gluten thing or whatever it was or gut health. And it was like, Guillain destroyed this other podcast. So I don't want to name because I'm just, I don't know, whatever. Um, you can go and find it. It's only been on a couple. but um, And it wasn't Danny Lennon's, let's say that. So anyway, those are the six big names. That's a cool question because I suppose it's one of those, if someone wants to follow people and they haven't heard of them, like those are some new people. Go read their work. Go listen to them on podcasts. If you want to know if so-and-so is evidence-based go and ask those six people and if they say no then you definitely got your answer i feel like we've just had a sneak peek of mnu conference 2019 <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they they'll definitely get all of those people to speak i reckon no <laughs> lyle i've asked lyle actually i basically said to lyle blank check come and go, come and speak in the uk and he was like i don't travel <laughs> I was oh. like, right i was like i didn't realize that is that a definitely no he was like i don't travel i was like cool that's that then yeah. oh well that's that dead in the water <laughs> so on the flip side we could ask like the complete inverse of that question and who would, I who would you want never to... want yeah. to <laughs> who would you never want to be basically locked in a room with and having some nice food well I'd love to be locked like I'd love to be in a round table at Body Power with, lo I'll, the, with basically most of the well a lot of the other speakers at Body Power they're like the opposite of evidence-based right um yeah. oh, well, lots well they of said them. they say they are so they say they're evidence-based yeah. they <laughs> there are some good people up there but there's just like obviously I, i've mentioned him a few times but there's just a few people up there that are just gimps but i would love you know i would love to get them on stage like even poliquin right I, I did that big sort of call out facebook post like poliquin come and yeah. debate me on biosig i'm told he was asked i'm told he was um he said no, which again, like, obviously he's going to say no. What benefit yeah, yeah. is it to him? Like, but it would have just been nice. But it just shows you, is he evidence-based? No, of course he's not. Like, he could have just come on my Facebook wall and gone, no, it is evidence-based. Here's three references or whatever. But he obviously doesn't. So it's, he's an easy one. But even any one of his followers, he's got thousands of followers yes. who are like super gurus. Even he's such guru super status. Like, even he's... Below him, there's like a thousand gurus who are gurus of their own counties and countries, and but yeah, no one. Their own, no their, one own their own cities, mentioning Mayfair <laughs> and you know, places like that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I can't wait for Body Power next weekend. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. It's be oh yeah. So this is going out this Friday. So yeah, yeah. come and see me at Body Power, people. Like, yeah, next I'm, weekend. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give something away here. This oh, there you go. This is a Push Pull Legs podcast exclusive. <laughs> there we go. I. Because no one agreed to debate me at Body Power, I'm debating myself and I'm basically going to prepare their slides and my own slides using their slides that people have sent me, of course, hint, hint. And um, I'm basically going to pretend to be them wearing a nice tweed jacket and I'm going to debate myself. on. Uh, so it's I'm going to enjoy it, I think, kind of playing a bit of dress up on stage. But it... I'm gonna. I'll film it and maybe release it somewhere as well. But yeah, come to Body Power and see that. That's gonna be. I, fun. I think. I think that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> that will be absolutely awesome. That'll yeah. be absolutely. <laughs> so totally unrelated to that, 
if you could invite four dinner guests to have dinner with and talk about anything except nutrition and training, who would you invite? Oh, goodness me. Because that's assuming assume you have interest outside of nutrition I training. genuinely don't really have interest outside <laughs> of nutrition. So it, it'd be like, oh, can we talk about business relating <laughs> to nutrition and marketing, Facebook ads? So, there you go. I'll have Souk to talk about <laughs> online. And um, I'd, oh, who would I have? Is this one of these questions that you just ask everyone that's like... Terrible. No, I've literally just asked you You've now. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna go into those questions in a minute. I feel like well, I hope bit. they're not harder than that one because I have got nothing. <laughs> no? um, not even like a favorite favorite actor or actress or just anyone you want to ask a question. I don't. I don't really like anyone. I don't really know. I'm. I, this is this is like an, a fact about me. Like I, I genuinely don't have much knowledge or like I don't really know general knowledge. I don't know geography. I don't know politics. Like embarrassingly so. Um, but I'm not that embarrassed, but it's like there have been many times in the last few decades where I've not known who the prime minister or whatever was because I'm, and people have told me and I'm like, <laughs> not heard of that person, <laughs> but do they even lift? That's yeah, nice. exactly. Do they even have triceps? That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, okay. four people, I just, I'd be like, oh, just waiting for them to ask me about nutrition and I'll just talk. Yeah. Right, well, we'll ask you all these all these fun questions that we ask. We ask most people similar questions. And I'm going to I'm just going to put some money on it now. I'm going to bet 5 pounds with you Tom that I think um, I think that Martin's <laughs> going to be similar to uh, similar to Emma in the way that he answers the questions and everything like that. I've, I just I, that's just my guess. I that's called Emma guess. out. You on go that, for it. and that was ridiculous. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> really poor choices made. Yeah, well, as you know, like me and Dan are flexible dieting, whatever. Um, so therefore, we eat burgers, and we we have a constant debate in our group about burgers. And we were actually we we're in the same burger joint last week, Dan, uh, having a burger together mm. in Five Guys. Um, if you were to have a burger, a patty, what would be if you're allowed any toppings in the world, anything in the world, what would you have? Um. This is assuming sauce. that you eat burgers <laughs> and you eat yeah. more than a pickle. Uh. <laughs> I do. So I'd have barbecue sauce because sugar yeah. and insulin. <laughs> I would have... Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what would Emma have said I've got no clue I'm like oh why is this why are we the same any toppings how many allowed like I, if I can just have anything I have some like guacamole I'm, I'm a massive fan of nachos as well and so if I could actually get someone to make me like a nacho burger so then so like guacamole sour cream hold the jalapenos because I don't like hot stuff um, barbecue sauce because I just love I've got a mega mega sweet tooth um, you'd probably put a yeah. mix on there if you could yeah, pick a mix, brilliant. On the, no, no, that would ruin it. I want those for dessert. I don't want to ruin my pick a mix with a burger. Um, and um, and then I will have a gherkin as well. Thanks. Yeah, that was. Yeah, the, see, what, Emma, what? Emma, Emma said just pickle, just a gherkin. Just, on it. just that was that's it. it. Literally, we were like anything, anything you're allowed, anything, anything you want. She's like, no, nah, that's right. Tony Gentlecore <laughs> on the, the other hand, answer. yeah. And and he went for. He was like, and this is an actual burger that he's had out. Was it was a I think it was a double patty. Um, it was bacon. Oh, crap, with, I should have said bacon. It was bacon with sweet cinnamon spread in it. Goodness. And I think peanut butter and as well. Some maybe. Peanut butter, yeah, I want, yeah. I can't remember. 
and it was like but like he said this the sweet cinnamon spread he's like you wouldn't think it would work but he's like oh my god it was amazing mm. uh, and yeah having, having that, been in america i'm like i've i'm suddenly come around to this kind of savory sweet thing like yeah. the the whole maple syrup with everything it's like oh maple <laughs> syrup on my eggs maple syrup on my bacon maple syrup on my ham it's like I'm yeah. down with it. Yeah. That's one of our favourites in it, Tom. But, uh, pancakes, bacon, and maple syrup. That is. Yeah. If you're ever in London, then there, there's the, the Breakfast Club. Is yeah, we've we've frequented quite a lot, um, which is great. It's literally just yeah, you get like an all American breakfast and then just chuck a tin of maple syrup all over it, which is great. Exactly how it should be done. Um, and with that burger, you can have any milkshake. You can have anything in your milkshake. Goodness me. Um, way. <laughs> <laughs> um, because gains and um, anything goodness me I'd have yeah some like some dairy milk or just like a Snickers blended in it mm-hmm. and then um, milk Snickers whey yeah I'm, I'm done maybe a banana but just that's for, just for like potassium and that it's vitamins and minerals and that yeah yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, on the inverse, no, that's... not the answer that Emma gave was, I don't like milk. <laughs> oh, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. Um, and then you've also got a side of chips, which you can load with whatever you want on top. Um, or you can have them plain. But... Lots of salt. Big fan of salt. Because you're not I'm... a swimmer. No, exactly. I'm actually. This is like a declaration. I'm a. I was once, and kind of still am. No one's ever fired me. An advisor to the Salt Association, and that's not one of those shill things where I now shill salt because of that. But it was like I was already shilling salt so hard that they were like, "Can we take that out and um, put on our website and call you one of our experts?" So, um, <laughs> yeah, chips. I'd have salt, and again, probably something like. Oh, I know. I just have garlic mayo to dip it in, or that fancy stuff, aioli or whatever it is. Again, I just got into that in America. I'd never heard of it. Have you heard of it, aioli? Yeah, yeah. 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 Am I saying it right? Yeah, they put it in, it's because it's because in London they put that on burgers everywhere, and it is literally just garlic mayonnaise. That's yeah, what it okay. is. But, but it it, you know, can imagine in London, like putting that on the end of every burger. It yeah, sounds and five pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am surprised as well that for your milkshake you didn't say as many as Yazoo. Ah, oh, I missed a trick. That was I a good a trick. A I almost said as many as olive oil because I just <laughs> I used to do that for my bulking shakes. A bit of olive oil makes a whey shake amazing. Yeah. yeah, Emil, um, Emil Goliath, who's our one of yeah. our coaches, he talks us all the all the time about those days he used to have whey protein shakes with olive oil for his mass gaining, um, and it clearly no, worked. See the face you're making there, Tom. Honestly, a Ugh. you don't taste olive oil. Like probably don't use extra virgin. <laughs> because it's like really strong taste but just gen because it just makes it like thick and fatty and just nice like, I mean, just think of really? coffee right it's just, yeah it's fine. try it you don't put like boatloads in but it kind of <laughs> it does emulsify with like the fat and every the the milk and whatever yeah peanut butter and i'll i'll try it. i'll try that on friday and then i'll film my face tom, as I tom, drink you it. tom you don't need to gain any more mass mate we need to get you leaner all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so to finish off with, we have our special feature, Martin, which is um, something you'll like, actually. It's called Stupid Things on the Internet This Week. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid Things on the Internet This Week. So it's something we found on the internet, 
that is just absolutely ridiculous. And as you can imagine, we're not short of content for this. Um, <laughs> um, we do have something planned, but I want to give you the floor if you've seen anything this week that has been absolutely outrageous that you want to talk about. If not, we have got something that we can go with that you'll love. You, um, you go with yours, because I can't think of any other than just the one thing that was posted on my wall today about sticky blood but i like haven't even had a chance to really yeah look. well that came that came up before you you came on um and i did mention that had been put in there and how ludicrous that was and for those of you that don't know a uh, quick synopsis of that was basically there's a woman who was claiming that sticky blood was causing her to gain weight and she had a spray that you sprayed in your mouth that helped relieve that problem I know another good spray product if anyone's interested uh, yeah that's probably as recovery. useful as useful as that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Boost testosterone, increases recovery. But anyway, yeah. 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 <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, I'm just stealing your money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so hashtag TDT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've had posted um, by King Troll Sebastian, uh, Sebastian James, he's King Troll, yeah. um, is by a woman on Instagram called Rebel Dietitian. So you can imagine already mine, she's, she's one of your fans, yeah. um, with uh, a quote on on the picture no no text or anything that just says if you don't recognize an ingredient your body won't either which is probably like a food babe thing but she's even put her little name in the in the bottom of it so it doesn't get stolen because apparently oh. that's gonna go down like wildfire um <laughs> wow. so yeah this whole thing around like if you don't recognize an ingredient like is it bad for you like that's a common thing that we see all the time and um <laughs> It's funny because we always then see like some of the amino acids I still don't know how to pronounce. Yeah. Like and I go through them all the time. So it's one of those where I think um I think Brett Hadley he he posted about it the other day and like broke down the ingredients and the scientific names and everything in a blueberry. Mm. And if you were to read it you'd go, I'm not eating that. Yeah. Um yeah, and it's just this this ridiculous notion that because you don't recognise an ingredient you, you shouldn't um you shouldn't eat it. I'm trying to think of some good examples that I know off the top of my head. Well, even just like well, the the what it's similar to like you've said there about the amino acids, but it's like who who actually knows how to say Q U I N O A? It's like oh, don't eat it because it's bad for you. Like oh, it's quinoa. No, it's not. It's quinoa. No, it's quinoa. <laughs> it's like don't eat it. It must be bad for you. It's toxic. It's deadly. It's crazy the whole thing of like yeah, if you can't pronounce it or you can't. <sighs> that, I mean, that's bad. If you don't recognize it, your body doesn't. It's like wow, your brain and your body and your pancreatic beta cells are so in tune <laughs> that it's yeah. like oh I, I ate it with my eyes closed and my body didn't know whether to release insulin or glucagon yeah. it's just it's amazing how the whole common sense nutrition world comes about and don't eat more than any any nothing with more than a single ingredient and it's like well don't the best, eat pan the best one is still like uh, I still troll him to this day on is don't eat something that comes in a packet and like broccoli comes in a packet yeah. <laughs> it comes in sealed in a packet so does yeah. so do like you know small sweet corn like don't be yeah. such an idiot that's a ridiculous thing to say yeah. um but, but yeah the, the, another counter argument to that is just a very simple what if you read a label that's in french yeah it's still the same food but just in french i didn't recognize it but um yeah i mean this is the kind of shit we're up against so the other one we had the other week uh, again mine that you absolutely love um, the guy that we've mentioned before, who, who I mentioned to you, I think you said he was thinking of, of joining MNU, and he will never be listening to this podcast, so I don't want to worry about it. Um, and he was talking about um, detoxification 
Um, oh, I've just it's just twigged to me who it was. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he, he did was, want to join. I said no. Yeah, he was sat in a sauna, detoxifying after he'd had all these supplements, dandelion root extract, um, something else. And basically, again, it's one of those where he sounds really evidence based because you go off and you he literally listed these pathways in the body that you know the energy was passing through his body and like I can't even I can't even make it up because it was that ridiculous. Wow. Um, yeah, and I it was just ludicrous. Hashtag evidence based. Wow. Yeah, like uh, I can't even what he called it now. What did he call it? Um, organic organic acid testing. Was these other? Oh yeah, oh. yeah. That's a that's a huge thing in London. You must have come across that later. I suppose <laughs> I don't know. It into the biomechanics world, but London's yeah. just full of these gimps. Like the whole. Oh yeah, because our testing. gym used to be on next to Harley Street. It's, right. it's like you can exactly. imagine. Like it's it's wall to wall on Harley Street. Four hundred quid. I'll tell you not to eat gluten, and you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of how it tends to go. Um, but yeah, cool. So I think that's everything um, we kind of wanted to cover on. Um, on the questions and everything like that. Oh, the other question I wanted to ask Martin quickly, because I know everyone's really intrigued, mm. is what is your current training split? <laughs> is, is, it, well, is it true that it is literally calves, biceps, triceps, chest? Repeat. I do medial delt as well. Medial delt as well. Okay, I'm just writing this down because I'm going <laughs> to sell it as an ebook. Uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, I've been trolled on it so much. I was actually having a serious conversation with someone the other day about expectations and goals and like having the, having the right mindset. And like, I actually went, it was one of my staff who didn't, there was a picture of me and everyone was taking the mic out of me how I looked sick and ill and like I didn't even lift. And it was like during this period of my life where I like, I wasn't, I basically wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping and um and i was hadn't trained at all for years because of lots of different issues and um it was like a two-year period and i was like one of the issues was was that back then how crazy is it does does it sound i'm going to refer to myself in the third person but like martin mcdonald didn't like training arms so i would go into the gym and i was like i'm disgusted at myself i'm just doing curls i'm like i feel like such a chump i like i i like lifting heavy right but because i'm so broken and whatever and and also because of various bad habits of sitting all day for 12 hours and then going into the gym and just lifting heavy without any sort of, because I'm like, like right now after this, I'm going to try and make it to the gym. And so I will have like 30 minutes to lift. And so it's like, I'm not doing any mobility or warm up. I'm just literally getting the heaviest dumbbells I can get and just pressing them and curling them. So, um, buys and tries. Super yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it basically took me about five, six months to actually change my mindset to a, I can grow without the compound sort of exercises. And, um, I've even kind of started hashtagging and joking around about that. Cause like people are like, Oh yeah, you can't get big arms if you don't squat. And it's like, I, I can guarantee you that that's not the case. Um, like my arms are the biggest they've ever been just from the fact that I can train them more often now because I never train legs. Um, but I actually do do some leg extensions, leg curls once a month. And, um, and I train calves between one and four times a week before a session. And then it's basically arms and inclined dumbbell press. I don't do a lot for chest actually. So it really is just arms and medial delts. And yeah, and that increases my IQ to the point where I'm allowed to speak on expo stages. Yeah, and 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 that's and that's also a serious point. We've talked about this so many times, um, and it's a question that comes up a lot as well. Is it helps? Like, mm. unfortunately, the industry we're in, like we've seen it on the gym floor. Yeah. The bigger you are, the more clients you're probably going to get. Like, it's just. Uh, oh, just um, and 
the issue is is it's like it that pervades all levels of society it's not an intelligence thing it's like a like i kind of tell these stories about like these these ceos of billion dollar billion pound billion euro companies that i have worked with and i have taken off my jumper to reveal a tight polo shirt and they have looked at my arms and gone well you must know what you're talking about they've said it out loud and it's like no that's got nothing to do with my knowledge absolutely nothing and even people signing up for mnu it's like you know people are like oh yeah it's because you're evidence-based and you're, you're a troll and it's funny it's like but it's also because i posted an ad picture and someone liked it and you ended up following me because of that it's like no one is completely immune to it you, i almost have to actively talk myself out of thinking that just because someone is getting those results or whatever it's like it it doesn't mean like anything about but the, the problem is is sometimes it does like you do get people like um you know like um alberto nunez like i, I sort of just started following him a bit on instagram and just going like yeah I, like i'm interested in his training i've never really been interested in anyone's training before but he's in shape he looks good i wouldn't really be doing that if he just wasn't had never ever been in shape so it, it it's unfortunate but it's just one of those things like you can be a good practitioner and have never competed and never done this and never done that you can but you can't get around the fact that people will judge you based on what you look like very true and yeah. we'll finish it there I think <laughs> that's, that is, that's, that's really important for the brain gains literally get bigger biceps um, so yeah that's that's everything I think I wanted to go over so um, unless Tom's got anything to add no, nothing to add. All, all good. Um, if Martin wants to spout out every social media or speaking event he's about to do, then you might as well now. Seeing, um, of course, we're yeah across a, around about thirty different, forty different countries. So see, see who wants to come and uh, message you. I'm sure you'll want to answer questions. You're incredibly active on social media, so yeah. Um, I basically am a professional social media troll now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, life goals. <laughs> So if anybody doesn't follow Martin, where can they find you, mate? Um, so best places, yeah, I suppose I'm most active these days on on Facebook. So people can either just add me as a friend or, or obviously follow me if they don't want me to s troll on their pictures <laughs> um, and, and posts. The um, I like kind of all over like Instagram and Twitter just as at Martin Nutrition. And um, the, I suppose the best places to kind of get any content from me is the mac-nutritionuni.com website where basically if you sign up to the newsletter there it's not like these newsletters where it's like you get an email a day and we're just selling at you it's like we literally probably send a dozen a year you know almost tops and it's like oh i spoke at this expo please have the free recording of it um you know it's there for you and like okay here's this ebook i wrote and here's another here's a you know a couple of lectures from the actual mnu content and i sort of say to people even if you're not fussed on doing mnu but you're interested in like if you listen to this podcast why not get those free um resources like it's we're not going to mind trick you into signing up for the course um so but we do just do that to kind of show that the way we teach and people are hopefully who are trying to make a decision between different courses like um see that it's it is evidence-based and there's more than like one reference per hundred slides which is one of the horror stories that i heard from another nutrition course but i think we i think we had like 300 in one of our um modules and it's uh kind of impressive i'm going to post a picture of that reference list um but yeah those those are supposed to the main places like um 
we at Mac Nutrition, we're not currently, we haven't taken on any clients for about 18 months now. So please don't listen to this and think that we want to work with you, like work with them, you two instead. Um, you can be their, uh, their counselor. I've had enough of that. Um, but no, it's because we are just focusing on the education and stuff at the minute. So, but macnutrition.com has got a few recipes and articles. That's my other website. If people are interested in kind of the background of things, of the fact that I was actually once a practitioner, not just a, a troll. Troll. And then next weekend, of course, is is Body Power, which you're speaking yeah. at, and I'm sure you'd encourage people to come and just say hello to you. You, oh, I, I, it's one of those where you see all these names on online and on Facebook, and then when you actually meet these people, you're like, oh my god, so you're this person? Oh, yeah, I've yeah. spoke to you for ages and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, a little uh, hint on that. Same. Little hint on that. Introduce yourself with your full name. Don't just go, oh hi, I'm Stephen. It's like <laughs> I definitely know you based on your full name. Um, like Paul C it's like if he walks me go hi I'm Paul C I'll be like I, d- I know exactly who you are yeah. <laughs> even though yeah. it's like something yeah, yeah. Um, but also yeah in terms of speaking stuff I, this is just one little plug if, if it's okay is we've got our um, fat loss specific conference on the 30th of September and then we've just basically finalised our, our big name speaker for that and um, not that we've got other the other three Four speakers are amazing as well, but um, finalised a, a, a cool speaker for that. So we're going to be announcing that. So save the date for that, 30th of September. It will be in Loughborough, as it always is. Um, exactly. <laughs> I will travel one day, but for the minute, you have to come to me. But again, I, one of the things is, is like super, super cheap compared to what kind of other people are kind of charging for conferences, and um, it's going to be really, really cool, unique content for that. So yeah, that's my little plug. Awesome. I think that caps that there, Daniel. Anything that you got to spout Perfect. out team box wise? No, nothing. Just um, yeah, we're all we're all at Body Power next weekend, so come and say hello. Don't be shy. Um, I'll be seeing Martin there, so we'll have a good catch up and a good chat about all things in the fitness industry, no doubt. I guess yeah. it's going to be interesting. Uh, Boxy's speaking on one of the stages as well. Go check him out. Yeah, he's got two, he's got two talks. One on the academy stage on Sunday, and then the other one is on another stage I think on a Friday or Saturday and then we've got Girl Gaines is talking as well uh, one of the other days so yeah come down say hello we'll all be around our kit so we'll be easy to spot <laughs> yes uh, you will yeah, yeah. that's it <laughs> <laughs> you always always wear your kit at every single conference like little I nerds. don't wear anything nerds else. at the front it's just Mate. hilarious Mate, I, wear it, I wear it around <laughs> the city I wear it to the gym I wear it in bed like I don't take it off actually um <laughs> False, because I saw you in London last week and you didn't have it on. Just for me, mate. That's true. <laughs> and right. it's yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, thanks for Martin coming on. Hope you enjoyed yourself, mate. Um, yeah. Yes. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And we'll end that there. And catch you next week, guys. Okay, guys.